0: This morning we have uh, friends from Syria. I just greeted them in Arabic. So to the rest of you welcome as well to this beautiful church. It's a joy for me to be with you all. Thank you, Dr. Jim Bradford and Dick Brockton, friends that I appreciate so much and learning so much from them. As I said, I heard uh, Dr. Jim Bradford so many times sharing about the love of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. So I said, what do I bring to a church where the love of Jesus and the Holy Spirit is so fully present? So uh, I felt the Lord is telling me one thing that uh, concerns all of us, which is we want to not just starting well, we want to also finishing well. A friend of mine, he is uh, one of our key missionaries, Worked in some of the most difficult places, Afghanistan, Uzbekistan, Sudan. Uh, the Lord used him powerfully. And recently he came back to America visiting some of his best friends who have been supporters for him for several years and realized some of them were struggling really hard, even to the point of questioning their faith. And so what happened? And so the question is, when I was hearing this from him, he said, how do we start well? Starting well is quite easy, (laughs) but finishing well is the bigger part. We all need people that we can look up at and say, I want to be finishing like this person. And our key role model for sure is Jesus. Always asking the question, what would Jesus do, WWJD? This helps us really to follow, to think in each situation. And if we keep this in mind, it is probably the best thing we can do to finish well. We also have other examples in the Bible, like David who fell, but he came back and finished well. Saul, he fell and didn't come back and finish bad. So how do we finish well our race? Some of you here maybe are in their early 20s or even younger, and asking the question, well, how should I, should I finish? Well, I still have 40, 50, 60 years to go for. You might or you might not. <laughs> you know, we don't know even what tomorrow will happen. And even if you are 70, you might have another 20 years to go, so don't think you're finished yet. The Lord is using us day after day to run our race with the question, Lord, how do I continue giving you glory with my life until I see you from glory to glory. So that is the question we want to look at this morning. I want to share a story with you from a man that I didn't know personally. I only heard his story when I was standing in northern India and uh, was having the privilege to preach there to a tribe called the Garo tribe. Now, preaching to them, it was mostly mobilizing them how to reach the rest or other people, other, other tribes, because their whole tribe today are believers, more than a million. But the way it started was really, really different. The, back in the 1800s, missionaries went to northern India to head hunter tribes. That's not an easy job, because this is, their job is hunting heads. So if you go there, you are probably in problems. But some of the missionaries were able to win the first family to Christ. His name was Nok Seng. That was his name. And his wife and the two children started to understand who Jesus is. They started to follow him and were so Happy and so full of joy that they started to talk immediately to the rest of the people in the village. And some other families came to Jesus to the point that the village chief was threatened. And he felt, if this continues, I'm going to lose my power, I'm going to lose my influence. I cannot let this go on. So he called the family, Noxeng and his family, in front of everybody and said, Please. You need to stop this. If you don't stop what you are doing and don't come back to the face of your ancestors with your family, we're going to kill you. And so the man looked at the village chief and said, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. Not sure if you know this song. I knew this song before, but I didn't know it's coming out of this. This song was not written in English and translated into many other languages. It was written in Garo language, out of this man's testimony, translated to many languages in the world. So when he said this, I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back, the people killed his two children in front of his eyes and told him, you have another chance to deny your faith together with your wife. If not, I'm going to kill your wife. And the man was thinking and said, if none goes with me, I still will follow. And then they killed his wife. And the chief got so angry about this crazy man. Why is he so convinced? So he said to him, I give you another chance, and if not, I'm going to kill you, and your whole story will be finished. And the man said, "The cross before me, the world behind me, no turning back." And they killed him. So, did he end well? Big question. Yes, he did. He only had a short run to a race to run. What happened is that village chief couldn't sleep for weeks or longer he was just thinking why was this man so crazy to pay the price to lose his children his wife and even his own life how could he until after a few months he decided himself to follow Jesus and he pronounced to the whole village and said from today oh we are Christians he didn't know what it meant but they started to follow Jesus and then the revival started until the whole tribe, Garo tribe, are believers today. Because this man was willing to run the race and finish well, not giving up. So we don't know how long we will run our race, but we want to finish well like this man. When we look at Jesus, how long was he ministering? Officially only three years. So he was just start of his official ministry was only lasting three years and he died when many people left him. But he also finished well. And through him that's why we are here today. Because through, through him the whole world has now salvation in him. Sometimes we also need people that we can see face to face. People we got look at and say, I would like to end like such a person. When I was a young missionary in Mauritania, there was a 70 years old couple from America, Bill and Peggy, and they started uh, church planting in Algeria. Some of the first people that went in there again, they've seen things, some of the key leaders of Algerian leaders came to the Lord, to this couple. They were kicked out from Algeria, they came to Mauritania, they were there for more than 10 years and then had to leave and went to Tunisia, to Morocco and came back to Mauritania for a short-term visit. And I remember him preaching, saying, I dream one day preaching the good news of Jesus in the center of Libya before Gaddafi's face. He never could because he, he was too old, but somebody else now is working there and, and preaching Jesus. So people like them or your own, don't make curry." So many books he has written, so many people he has influenced, and I remember I only knew him from his book, but when I was uh, in, in Texas, I believe it was, and he was there, and he was talking and sharing, a 90 years old man still fully on fire of Jesus and empowering the younger generation to follow Jesus and doing the same thing so that they also would be finishing well. I would like to look at, uh, together with you today at four stages phases from the tabernacle. What it means to actually start and finish well. And these stages phases, that's not that we are finishing the first one and then come to the last one. We are living in them all together at the same time. And these four stages phases will help us to run and finish well. The first one, as you see, is It's about our salvation, knowing Jesus, knowing Him as personal Savior. In the Old Testament, as you can see, they had to sacrifice animals daily in order to ask forgiveness for their sins. The high priest, the priests were uh, sacrificing animals for the sins of the people, for their own sins, and only then they could go one time in a year, and the John Kippur day into the the sanctum, once a year after so many sacrifices, and only one person could do this. And then we know when the time has come, and the Lord decided to send Jesus Christ to us, and John the Baptist saw him, and when he saw him the first time, he said, Behold the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, Jesus the ultimate sacrifice that has been given for each person in the world, that if we turn to Him, we will receive salvation, forgiveness of our sins. That's what happened. So, we don't need anymore to see the sacrifices from the Old Testament. Jesus has fulfilled everything at the cross. When He said it was complete, yeah. all is finished, yeah. Yeah. He did it. And the... the, the Curtain was drawn from top down to, the, to, the, to down and the openness to the inner sanctum was there. Yeah. And since that time, we do have free access into the inner sanctum, not just once a year, not just one priest. Everybody who knows him has access to him and can spend time with him and can be in his presence day after day what a joyful thing this is, how beautiful this is, and I think this is the first phase stage to finishing well, is to know who we are in Jesus. We are safe, we are children of God, the joy of our salvation is not just at the beginning when we start to know Jesus, it goes on forever, hopefully, but sometimes... We are in danger of losing this. You know, life goes on. Things can happen. And the joy of our salvation could go down and down and down. And so we need to go back over and over again and, and come before the cross of Jesus and say, Jesus, you are the only one that is worthwhile to follow. And I'm so thankful what you have done for me and increasing again our joy in him. The joy of our eternal salvation, this will help us to go through every kind of difficulties. If we look ahead, even Jesus Himself, He said in, uh, in Hebrews, He said, Hebrews 12 to Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, when Jesus himself knew he was facing the cross, that the sins and the sickness and the curses and everything that was bad would be laid on his life, that's not a beautiful beautiful future. That's probably the most scary thing that you could imagine. And when he was facing this, it says, for the joy that was set before him to be together with the Father in heaven from eternity to eternity, he was able to face the cross because of this. Jesus, later on when he was sending the letters to the seven churches in Revelation, the letter to Ephesus, he said, I know your works, your labor, your patience, and you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who said they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience, and have labored for my name's sake, and have not become weary. Wow, this is so many good things the Lord said about the church. If I was the pastor of this church, I would say, wonderful. Wonderful we've done well. But then he said, nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. So all the good things people did, Jesus said, they're wonderful, I appreciate them. But the key thing is, the first love, and you left this. As we know, the battle to keep our first love, our salvation and joy burning is often happening in our thoughts. It's where the, the battle to stay close to Jesus, to be burning for Him, is in our thoughts. And sometimes, as missionaries, as Dick said, some people see a lot of fruit. Fruit is dangerous because it can make us proud. And so sometimes it's easier not to see so much fruit because you stay humble anyhow. <laughs> but if you see fruit, you could become proud easily. And I think one of the first that really helped me over and over again is in John 55. 15 5 it says, you can do nothing without me. Nothing. Whatever happens in the church, on the Mission Field Church planting, it has Nothing to do with you. It's Jesus in you and through you. And it, sometimes He does it in, even in spite of you. It's all for Jesus. So, for sure, He is happy and He is thankful if we lay down our lives. But even then, we just do what simple slaves do. Simple servants should be doing following Christ. So, if we are in danger and seeing much fruit, are, let's us re- remember ourselves. We can do nothing without Him. And if we are in difficult situations, that's in the other thing. If we are facing challenges, we have one one of our workers more than two hundred days now somewhere disappeared. Not easy. Difficult. For his family outside, for him inside. Yes, absolutely. But then that's the other part. What can we do with this? We just go back to the simple word of God as well, on the other hand, where it says in Romans eight thirty eight to 39, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor power nor things present, nor things to come, nor height nor death, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can. Nothing. So... If we are proud, don't forget you are nothing. (laughs) If you see a lot of fruit, don't forget nothing can separate you before Jesus. The second one, when we live in this joy and this love, first love, we know that this is the beginning and we want to stay in this. We come to the sanctification. And if you see in the tabernacle, the sanctification is a, the picture of. in the tabernacle was this basin of water. When the, when the priests were sacrificing uh, the, the animals on the fire, they afterwards came to the next level, to the basin of water, and they had to wash their feet and, and their hands and uh, to make sure they were clean, and at the same time, They were looking into this basin of water, and the basin of water was made out of bronze, which were mirrors. That was the only mirrors they had, so they could see their own face. And the picture it was, they were looking into this water, asking themselves, Am I really clean? Am I really cleansed? Is there nothing in me that would actually destroy me when I enter into the presence of the almighty, holy God? So, the word that is used in Hebrews 12, 14, pursue peace with all people and holiness without no one will see the Lord. So, that's not about justification. That's about sanctification. If we don't walk in sanctification, it says nobody will see the Lord, And the word that is used for holiness there in, in Hebrews 12, 14 is, could be translated also as sanctification of heart and life. Sanctification of heart and life without no one will see the Lord. So when we live in sanctification every day, we remember that Jesus has justified us through his blood, but then we also want to walk and use our feet and our hands and our thoughts and our words to actually live this out every day and live in this sanctification and say, Lord help us. Sanctification means the deepest desire in our hearts to become more and more like Jesus every day, to be reflecting His picture and His face more and more in everything we do. And this deep desire to do this every day will help us to live in sanctification. Now, the, the other thing, let me express it the negative way, sanctification means to hate all sins. Not to play around with it, not to play with things that are not really clear, that's also sanctification. So coming close to Jesus and hating everything that is evil. May the Lord help us to live in this way. Because we are living in a world, I think first Peter 5, 8 describes it so well. I mean this this was always the case, but I think the more we are living in the world today, we see what is written there, 1 Peter 5:8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in faith, knowing that the same suffering are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. So we are not the first ones running this race. So many people have run this before, and when we read in First John 2, 1 and 2, it says there when John was writing to the Christians, the believers... I think he gave them two clear messages. The first is, my little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. So the goal is to reflect Jesus more and more every day. But then it says, if anyone sins, we are not perfect. We might fall from time to time. We have an advocate, the Father Jesus Christ, the righteous one. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. One of the pictures that helped me often to think about this is the pig-sheep picture. Now, as I said, we didn't have pigs in my family, but Catherine grew up on a farm, and so this picture showed a pig is a dirty animal because he likes the dirt. If you wash it with water, what it's going to be doing going directly back into the dirt because that's what he likes. The sheep, I was in Africa with a shepherd. They actually clean them even in the sea. Take them in the sea, wash them up to make them clean. The sheep doesn't go back. He's so happy to be clean. And so that's exactly what sanctification looks like. The third point after we have been living and doing this daily, then we are ready to come to the third point, dedication, which means before we enter into the holies of holies and say, Lord, we say, Lord, here is my whole life. Take it. Do everything you want to. And that's in Romans 12, 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable reasonable service. Our presentation of our body and life is the worship, the service that the Lord likes and waits for. The presentation of our bodies and lives. The word for present in Greek is paristemi, and it can be translated in different ways, but one way it seems bringing into one's fellowship or intimacy. So by dedicating my life to him, I bring my own life into the fellowship or intimacy of the Almighty God of Jesus, my Lord and Savior. Take everything I have, Lord Jesus, Use my life the way you want to. Surrendering my life is actually the best thing I can do, we know this. Sometimes we think we understand our life better than our Creator and Savior. And we want to make decisions that seem to be good for us. If Joseph had done this when he was, you know, when he was tempted by Potiphar's wife, and he would fall into the problems... Maybe it would have been better for him, because maybe he would not have been in prison. But he ran away, and he was for two years in prison, unjust, because the woman had accused him of doing wrong things. But he was willing, even if it costed something, he was willing to stay in the truth and to run away sin even if it can have sometimes negative consequences like it had for Joseph. But in the long run, the Lord used him to save the whole people of Israel. So telling the truth, being willing to sacrifice everything in the long run always is the blessing. So let's not fall into the temptation of looking for a short cut. Because it might be easier. Dedication, our life, is giving my life to him and saying, Lord, here is a blank sheet, and I sign it before him. Actually, when we really go deep, that's the best thing we can do, because he knows better who we are, what we need, what we should be doing than ourselves. If we think we know it better, it's hidden pride. We think we are better than our creator and, 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 and the one who knows, who created me, I think I know better than he. Sometimes I'm in danger of thinking this way. And things look tra- strange. But that is hidden pride and we need to come back before Jesus and say, Lord, you have created me. You have created 8 billion people in the world and you know every single one. You know the best for everybody. So who am I? Just take my life. And when this is happening over and over again, then I come to the area when I can bring worship. Worship to Jesus. Worship is the next one. Romans 15, 16, When we look in the tabernacle, when finally the priest was, entered to en- uh, was able to enter into the holies of holies, and he put this incense, the smelling Part which only was allowed to use for this. Nobody else was to make was allowed to make the same incense, if not for this way. If they did, they would be killed. So uh, when this went into the holy of holies, then the smoke went up to God. And so Romans 15:16 says that I might be a minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles ministering the gospel of God, that the offering of the Gentiles might be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. So what Paul is saying here that if we are bringing the good news from Jesus to people who don't know him and to tribes and peoples and languages who've never heard about this, we are actually bringing a beautiful sacrifice before the throne of God that these people can hear about Jesus and that's the real true worship God is expecting from all of us and he's not just expecting this he's also empowering us into this first peter 29 says but you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praise of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous, marvelous light. So we are a chosen generation, royal priesthood, for doing what? Worshipping Jesus with our lives, but also bringing this worship, making it available to those who don't know him yet, so that those who will enter into the, into the covenant with Jesus will be a Sacrifice that Jesus is happy with. John fifteen eight says, "If you love me, you bear much fruit. If you want to honor me, you bear much fruit." The disciples of Jesus gave their life, and they were all learning how to de- do this, seeing Jesus working for three years, and then after a certain time, they were able to be sent out. And Jesus said, now it's for you to do the same thing that I have done. Go and cast out demons, heal the sick, and all of this. And they were so happy that it worked when they went. They realized they were able to heal the sick. They were realizing they were able to cast out demons. What a beautiful thing. Many of us have experienced this. That's wonderful, isn't it? And so they came back and thought, now we're going to give a report to Jesus and tell him how beautiful we did. And Jesus was listening and said, well done, but don't. this is not the reason for you to be happy, first of all. Be happy that your names are written in the heavenly book. That's what our choice is. Now, for sure, the Lord is doing more and more signs and wonders today because he wants to glorify His name. And sometimes and often, He does it in a way we don't even could have thought about. In one country, I would mention, I cannot mention the name here, but in one country, a few people recently were arrested, some expat missionaries, some locals, and they were actually asked to give their testimony. And this is a strange thing. So they were giving their testimonies, and it was actually published openly in the net. And I think the goal was that everybody who listens to this will be afraid to become followers of Christ. That was the goal. So, all of these people, I don't remember how many it was, at least three, probably more, gave the testimony. None of them denied Jesus. Praise God. But the more beautiful thing is, this website before had about four or five thousand hits every month. When they put these testimonies on the web, it went to 1.2 million. So, a seventh of the whole population of this county probably has somehow heard about Jesus. Would this be your strategy? Probably not. But it's God's strategy. He knows exactly what he needs to be doing in order to bring the people to him. So, our job is these four things. Living in this salvation coming back over and over again to the first love. Secondly, having this deep desire and commitment to become more and more like Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit, with the help of the Holy Spirit. And if we are fallen, and sometimes all of us do, fall into sin, we stand up and want to continue living with Jesus even more and hating the evil even more. And then the dedication of our lives to serve Him. I'm wondering if today, maybe the Lord wants to call some of you to serve him among the least reached people in the world. Those who've never heard the gospel. I remember when I was called for this more than 30 years ago, and we went into a place I was streaming in my home with, my, with Catherine and others. The moment that we would see the first people from this people group getting baptized in the sea, and taking the Lord's Supper together afterwards. That was our dream. And when we went there, to Mauritania, we had a lot of mistakes we did ourselves, a lot of challenges, death threats, many things. But then we came to the point when we were able to go with the first group of people to the beach and see them baptized. Then you forget all the problems. Because you see, Jesus has used you to start a church in a people group or language where there was no church the whole time before. In Mauritania, when a friend of mine first entered the country, he heard an audible voice from the devil saying, if you come here and think you can plant churches, you will pay a price. Are you willing to? And my friend said, yes, am I, and you also will pay a price. You're going to lose the territory that belonged to you for thousands of years. So it's a beautiful calling for young people and people who are older and still feel young and are young to think about. Is the Lord maybe calling some of you to lay down their lives when you put your signature on the paper, said, Lord, use me. Some of you might be called to go maybe to Asia or Africa or somewhere and start the first church in a people group or language and nation. Uh, that's probably the best decision I've ever made in my life, to say yes to this and to continue. So, and for others, those who want to have a nicer, better life, come to Switzerland. <laughs> we, are, we have less than 2% of Christians. Now what I want to say is, wherever the Lord calls you, we are called to make disciples and lay down our lives, bring the hope of Jesus to people. Amen. If it's among an unreached people group or if it's where you are, this is not so crucial. That is God's decision. So let me just close with this text from Paul because I believe maybe the Holy Spirit wants to use some of you to this ministry. My ambition my goal, my desire, my seal, my hope is to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, to whom it was not preached. By him let them see, and those who have not heard should understand. To bring non believers, a sacrifice of worship to the throne of God, whole tribes and nations, the Lord is doing amazing work among these people and uh, is bringing them to into, into himself. And some of you might be called to go and join Live Dead, getting trained for this work, and go and adopt Unrich People Group. I want to summarize the four phases, stages we are all in, is keeping our joy and love, first love burning of our salvation, living a sanctified life, Dedicate our life over and over again to Jesus and bringing worship to him by bringing people who don't know him yet before the throne. I want to ask you a few questions and Dr. Jim Bradford will come and then lead us in prayer. What is the Lord calling you today? Do you need to come back to the first love and joy of Jesus? not important if you have been a believer for a few days or for 50, 60 years. That's what we need over and over again. Are you called to come back and live your life in a sanctifi- sanctification? Is there any sin that you're aware of that you didn't repent? There is time and forgiveness to do this. And are you willing to recommit your whole life without any condition to the one who knows better what you need and I need, and give this blank signature on this white paper.